Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and I am so delighted to have with us today Anahita June. We are going to be discussing unleashing your feminine superpowers. And I think this is going to be a really juicy conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Anahita before we get started today. As a feminine leadership mentor and credentialed spiritual counselor, Anahita June activates the sacred leadership of women who are ready to awaken and unleash the force of nature within, leaving no stone unturned. She holds transformational communities of women leading women doing the most cutting edge work for full expression, pivoting and leveling up. Born during the Islamic Revolution of Iran, Anahita is a modern-day priestess, healer, and medicine woman. Anahita's work is the culmination of over 25 years of intensive study with mystic masters and shamans, social research, as well as over 10 years of her own teaching and facilitation on embodiment and divine feminine. As a 20-year veteran in the field of personal development, Anahita is committed to women living lives filled with love, beauty, pleasure, and power whilst harnessing leadership and purpose. She works with female leaders who are up to creating big changes in the world while embracing the fullness of who they are. Welcome to the show today, Anahita. Thank you so much. Thank you for that intro and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for having such an interesting intro to read. Before, so we are going to, we're going to break as we do so that we don't have to interrupt our conversation. But before we do, I'm always curious um, what people's superpowers are. And uh, so I'm going to ask you this question, especially because this is like a little feature of yours. Um, So maybe we'll tailor it today. What are your feminine superpowers? Well, okay. (laughs) So I would say if I had to choose one. I think we all have a few, but if I had to choose one, it's uh, activating the Kundalini Shakti in others. So actually bringing online the intelligence of the erotic creative power in the body would be my primary superpower. Awesome. And how do you go about doing that? Uh, I mean, it's transmission, so uh, it depends. It depends. Sometimes, if I can be with someone in person, it's just put placing my hand on their sacrum. But if it's through Zoom, which a lot of things are now, it might be more through breath and movement and sound and just tuning into what it is that is ready to be cleared. Um, yeah, it, it's just you know, I have a lot of training and I have a lot of things that I think a lot of us go and get when we're sort of first finding our way as healers or teachers. But ultimately, I think uh, the idea or the goal is that all of those just kind of drop us at home with our innate gifts. And so that's kind of what I think happened. A lot of the training was sort of directed at this, but none of it was teaching me how to do what now happens. Mm -hmm. It just cleared away the things to allow the essence to come through. Yeah, I love how you put that. I think that is so, so true um, in, in the highest sense. That's, that's what those teachings are designed to do. Yeah. So, yay, I'm really looking forward to diving in today. We're going to go to a quick break. We're talking with Anahita June about unleashing your feminine superpowers. So stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. 
Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Okay, we are back. So um, I I want to start out because I'm, I'm just very in intensely curious about this piece that was in your bio about being born during the Islamic revolution of Iran. And I don't know that much about Iran. I've never been there. Um, I know something about Islam, but it's what I know, and I I could be wrong and I could be mistaken. So please correct me if I am. Um, But it seems like the work that you're doing is kind of counter to, um, to what is what is prominent in the culture over there would you say that that's an accurate statement i would say that is a very accurate statement okay so uh, so tell us tell us more about that like how did you come out of that culture to be doing what you're doing today Hmm. i mean really it was just looking for my own experience of freedom Uh, You know, what's interesting, I want to say this because I have a TEDx talk out there where I share some of my experiences and it's really interesting to see public opinion and especially Muslim women and their response to some of what I talk about. Mm. And so I'm not, I'm not here to say what anybody else's experience is, but there are certain things that I have clarity on and there are there's certain wisdom that we all get from just by virtue of living what we live. And so that's what I'm speaking to and that's the place that I'm speaking from. So my experience growing up was one of very intense oppression right. and uh, male domination and control, you know, just uh, some of us use the word patriarchy. Some of us don't like that word. Um, I use it with an understanding that it's a consciousness. And so it was a very patriarchal culture and there wasn't much room or space for the expression of the feminine. And I was born with a lot of sensual, sexual, erotic energy, you know, just a lot of tantric energy. And I loved to dance and I was wild and I also was a lover of God and I really tried on Islam because that was the way that was shown to me was the way to God Mm -hmm. except I just couldn't find any room for myself there was no room for me in that those versions of God for the me the way that I was it all required that I had to be seriously different like I had to cut off my limbs so to speak to be acceptable Mm -hmm. uh you know, to be welcome in the house of God. And so I came to the States when I was a teenager. And this is really where the, it's like the foundation for all of it is like my life and my work is, is that I had grown up watching American movies 
on the black market, you know, they mm. bring us black market American movies and we watch them. And I loved, you know, convertibles and tank tops and shorts and hair flowing in the wind, all the things I couldn't experience. And then when I got here and I had all of those freedoms externally, I realized that I actually didn't even know how to be free. Mm. That it's really an inside of your job. conditioning. Yeah, because of my conditioning, uh, of course, it's, you know, it's just that the oppression was so internalized yeah. and freedom. There are even so many people. I mean, I work with, with uh, a lot of Western women and some Middle Eastern women and some African women and women from all parts of the world. But it doesn't really matter if the sort of the, the general culture that we live in is perceived as a free culture if the culture at home, if the culture in our families, if the conditioning of our minds and our beliefs aren't one that allow the experience of freedom. I mean, it's so easy to live in America and not feel like you're free. It has nothing to do with America. It's really an inside job. So that became the thread that I was pulling on then to how do I, okay, well, I have, I could wear shorts and I could ride in a convertible and let my hair down, but I don't feel free. Yeah. So that was that was the beginning of really looking at the shame that I had internalized, which was a whole lot, a whole lot of shame around um, sexuality, desire to be seen, to be heard, to be beautiful, to radiate, to be, you know, just the, the goddess, which I've had some models of the, the goddess early on with uh, female family members. You know, my aunt, my youngest aunt is sort of one of those people that sticks out for me because she was, you know, she was just 15 years older than me. So like when I was five, she was 21 Mm -hmm. and um, she had this long black hair to her waist and blue eyes and she could sing beautifully and she could dance and, you know, she, and she just, she just, she had so many, like literally she has so many men just wanting to marry her. And she was celebrated for all of these qualities. But then at the same time, she had to she was only celebrated as long as she knew her place. So if she could sing when asked to sing, dance when asked to dance, then not speak up, do the dishes, do cook the food, everything was okay. But if she danced with too much, too much sway in her hip or too much desire in her voice and spoke up about something that was more like a conversation among the men, then all of a sudden the, you know, they would go after her you know, attack her basically like her character or her virtue. And she would, she was like now a whore or a slut or she didn't know her place. And so it was this, you know, I was exposed to that. And yet the longing that I had to experience myself the way that I saw her, but more. Yeah. Would you say that um, your upbringing plays a big role in sort of your passion in bringing this work out into the world? I mean, I think it has to, it it does, it does for several reasons. One of it is just, um, I just, I just so know, I just know what the experience, I just know what oppression feels like. And I know what it feels like when you internalize it and you don't even know how to break through it. So yeah, that's a part of it. And the other part of it is, I think this goes back again to that sort of moment, these memories of seeing my aunt dance. It's just that I, I'm so in love with women. Mm. I just, you know, I just am so, and my mother like left when I was one, so I didn't have that, you know, Uh, but I've always just thought that we were the most exquisite creatures. 
So it's, it's that, it's like this beauty and power that has been, had so many conditions placed on it. Yeah. So, so talk to us about this internalized oppression and how, how do we recognize it? Right. Cause I think for, for a lot of women, it's become so ingrained and it's so mm-hmm. just a part of how things are done that um, you know we might not even recognize it as oppression Mm -hmm. yeah for sure well i mean i think the first place is always examining our beliefs you know if there's something that we're not experiencing in life we get to be honest so first is really being honest what do we really want can we even feel for what we want do we have connection to desire What 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 do i desire what do i want so some people can't even connect to desire, which is, right. you know, that, that then becomes the, the beginning. And so like unraveling that, but if you can connect to desire and then why you're not experiencing it in that space of why you're not experiencing it, we get to look at the beliefs. What are the beliefs that are preventing this from being experienced? And I'm talking about actually writing out the beliefs, like the belief that I have to work hard, the belief that I need to work 40 hours a week to provide for my family, the belief that if I say this, or if I do this, like my marriage will fall apart, or my family will abandon me or whatever, all of the things, the belief that if I say this, I'll become disrespectable, and I'll ruin myself, all of the beliefs, we get to just write down all of the beliefs. And then the challenge, meaning like the, the assignment is to look at those beliefs and see if they are rooted in a male consciousness. If they come, if they come from the patriarchal consciousness that is designed to control. And how yeah. do you how do you distinguish that? How do you distinguish that? I mean, it's uh, you just look at the belief and you just look at is the source of it designed to keep the feminine subjugated to the, you know, just to powers that want to control. It's I feel like it's pretty easy. Like you could give me a belief and we can look at it together. Um. Yeah, well, actually, one thing that was coming up that I, I've seen, and I'm curious how you address this with your clients, because I've, I've definitely seen this with some of ours, is sometimes we're, you know, to give someone the assignment to write down their beliefs, sometimes we don't even know what beliefs are running, because they're running really kind of quietly in the background, yes. right? There's like yes, these, they are. these and, and so even even to just say, like, what are your beliefs, like, we could think that we have a belief. Yes, yes. Right. Different levels of awareness, right? Different yeah. levels of awareness. So so I think really a great place to start is, you know, we talked about looking at the beliefs of kind of why we don't have the desire. Mm-hmm. So it really becomes like, I don't have it. I can't have it because. I can't have it because. This is not my reality. It can't be my reality because. And if you really give yourself a full 10 minutes to finish that sentence over and over again, you're going to get the beliefs. They're there. You know, you just get to not stop. Even if you end up writing the same thing over and over again for three minutes until minute four, you get a new sentence. It does, in my experience, get underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mind is is going somewhere and I hope I don't get myself into trouble here uh, because I, I'm just so, so deeply aware of where we're at culturally right now what's happening on the planet and how vitally important 
um, just from my own experience with it and all of the messages that I've received over the years. Um, it's like the time is yesterday for this, uh, this unleashing of the feminine to be completed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like this, this needs to happen and it needs to happen now. Um, and I'm just, I guess I'm curious how, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm going to make the assumption that you're on the same page with that one um, because of the line of work that you're in. And, right. um, you know, I think that that those of us who who have been on this path with the divine feminine for a long time, like we, we recognize the, the need for that awakening. Um, and just as we're talking about beliefs and, and I feel like there's, there's so much um, fear in the collective right now. And there's so many ways that we're limiting ourselves um, just in terms of being able to dream a bigger dream for humanity. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, maybe I'm going to get myself in trouble, but maybe I'm taking it, a, you know, a step a little bit too far because we're talking about the personal. And I think that on a certain level, we maybe can't evolve the collective until we evolve our personhoods. Um, and not separate. And they're not exactly like we all have a responsibility to dream a bigger dream for, for the whole, right? This isn't just about like, I want that sexy car. This is about like, how do we become free and truly free? Like you're talking about in America, like in the United States, we have quote unquote freedom, but there are so many people who are not actually free. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm. This is the thing. Yeah. So yeah. so here's the thing. I think I want to go. You're 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 right on track, and I and I so appreciate the sort of like the depth that you're going to, and and I want to connect these pieces. You know, you said an example. Um, or we were talking about like the beliefs. How do we know the source of the belief? I'm going to connect these pieces because, um, yeah. Thanks, because I'm having a hard time doing it right now. No, I, I, I hear it. I, I hear what it is that, that is wanting to come through for sure. It's it's here's the thing. It's like uh, I I mentioned about you know uh, Muslim women who who reach out to me or comment on some things that we have on online that say, well, you know, I'm a Muslim woman and I find liberation in covering up. You know, so here here is my response, and I understand that this may challenge, especially if you have Muslim women listeners. So my invitation is to just see how it lands in your body, not as a way to challenge your relationship with God, but as a way perhaps to expand your relationship with God, uh, with with the divine. So I don't believe that the feminine is liberated through covering up because this is just my belief today. And there are plenty of days where I sit there and I say, I don't know anything, but, but in terms of the things that I feel like I kind of do know, and I, you know, from experience and living, I believe the feminine wants to be seen for her radiance. I believe that is the feminine. I believe covering up the woman's beauty is the male consciousness version of liberation. They are liberating themselves from desire. Mm-hmm. And they're liberating the, the what they perceive as sort of the the drawbacks of the feminine drawing attention, assuming that we don't know what to do with it, how to, how to yield it, how to, how to radiate through that attention. Well, and also, I mean, something that comes up when you say they're liberating themselves from desire, it actually, it's more, it's more like 
liberating themselves from having to actually temper and be with desire in a way yes. that's respectful yes. to everyone. Right. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, having to, having to, you got it, sister. That's it, right? So it's not, so this is the thing. When a woman says, I'm liberated by wearing the veil, I'm like, no, baby. Like, I don't say that, right? But it's like, unless I get, have the time and I can ask her to tell me more, you know, but on social media, I don't really engage in that way because I don't right. want to get sucked in. But like, my awareness is like, no, you're not. You are indoctrinated to a male consciousness, and, and you, you've just said yes to the lineage. And so that's the internalized oppression. Like they're not even questioning because the feminine, no, I mean, I worked with so many women of all ages from all around the world and, and we freaking want to be in ecstasy and be seen in ecstasy and in beauty and in creativity um, when we are whole and when we're not in a state of trauma, yeah. that is what we want. Well, I think about, um, the earth, you know, I, I, some of my greatest teachers have been the elements, right. And, mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. earth herself, and she is not covering herself up. Flowers are unashamed to be in their radiance and in their beauty and in their full scent and infinite expression colors, of infinite color. Infinite shapes, and, infinite heights, you know, yeah. I mean, gosh, the, the abundance, the variety of beauty, right? Like the, 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 the the rivers and the waterfalls it's uh you know gosh can you imagine a waterfall saying like i find liberation in going dry right right yeah. well and i think this is actually part of why this is so important because you know we look at climate change too and this was this was actually the original impetus for me starting this show yeah. is, is is really seeing like the connection between how we are being in our own bodies and what's happening to the body of the earth right and and why igniting this this feminine power and allowing ourselves to be free and wild is so crucial because our our wildness is is going away on the planet right our our wildness is getting developed it's getting encroached upon and it's it's starting to recede because we have allowed ourselves to recede. And for me, this is why this, this is so vitally important to be revitalizing in ourselves and in one another, um, because we need our wildness back. It's essential for our survival. Mm -hmm. How do you define the wildness? Um, in women or in nature? In women. I think that there is um, a, well, like you were talking about with your aunt, you know, it's like, can we sing when we're inspired to sing? Can we dance yeah. when we're inspired yeah. to dance? Can we allow the love of life to radiate through ourselves, right? Can we make wild noises? Can we make wild decisions that we don't have to ask other people about, mm -hmm. right? Like, can we, can we have agency like that? Yeah. And not, not to the level of, you know, when I talk about making decisions, we don't have to ask people about. It's like the first thing that I hear is like, yeah, but what about, you know, we don't, we're not being disrespectful to other people or harming other people with those decisions, but making decisions that are, that are inspired and that are, that are whole, right? And free, like you talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, Gosh, I wish I knew what you said before, which is what I want to tie it back to. But this is, in essence, what I wanted to tie it back to is 
is the it's really the patriarchal consciousness, you know, and, and I don't know if you use the word patriarchy on this podcast, do you much? I mean, it's been used. I, it's, yeah. it's not, it's something that I've kind of stepped away from because I feel like yeah. it, um, it, it's perpetuates a, a, a dichotomy that I don't think is helpful anymore. Like yeah. I, I think that, you know, even, even using the, the masculine and feminine, you know, terminology I've, I've started to move away from because I'm, I'm just seeing how, how the binary can be really damaging and how like we're in this like black and white consciousness that we really do yeah, yeah. away from. Um, yeah. And like, I, I think that that word serves, like it does, you know, it does a thing. We know what it means. Right. Well, at times it's, it's I feel the same way, you know, so that's why I asked, yeah. but, but ultimately there, there is a consciousness that is much rooted in fear and separation and lack yeah. Um, that seeks to oppress and possess that which is life-giving because it is sourced in lack. So it's going to seek to possess the earth and it is going to seek to possess and oppress the feminine or women or those who, you know, have that more of that energy. So that's what I wanted to come back to. Hang on, let me just trace this because you were, you were, um, you were talking about, oh, like the, the pivotal time and the the call or the the yearning or the or the opening for really being truly unleashed in the authentic expression of life and aha this is what i wanted to say so that consciousness for you know we'll just call that consciousness the patriarchal consciousness it only thrives as long as it can control mm-hmm when it cannot control, it does not thrive. That is the scariest thing to that system. Yeah. Is, is the wildness, is the not being able to control, is the not being able to shame. And so I really believe like the most important work any of us have to do is to just like become shameless. Yeah. You know, shameless agents, embodiments of love and beauty and unity and whatever, you know, pleasure, whatever is, are the values that are, you know, the qualities that we feel like we're here to embody to become shameless in that is, is the thing. Yeah. And in order to be able to do that, we have to first identify where we have shame, right? We have to be able to name it. Right. Um, We have to be able to call it out in ourselves of like, oh, that's, that's shame. And shame has a very unique expression, right? It's not, um, it's not exactly fear and it's not exactly guilt. <laughs> it's like, it's a very unique, unique thing. And, and when you land on it, it's like, aha, uh-huh, that, let's call that, that is shame. And once we can, I feel like there's a, there's a real power in being able to name it. It's, it, it's like naming it is, is part of the dissolving. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you, how do you support your clients in, in dissolving shame? What's, what's the process that you take people through? Oh, we have so much fun. <laughs> um, well, a few things I'll say, uh, um, let me just see where's the best place to start. So here's what I teach about shame. I really teach that shame dissolves at the edges. So first we do the work in uncovering the shame. And then it's like, whatever the edge of that thing is, that's where we, that's where we go to. And I hold groups. So, uh, you know, we, we have a culture of intimacy and celebration and safety. And so 
the first step of where we go to the edge is in the group, is really naming it, is really being seen for it, whatever it is. And and gosh, you know, we are we are complex creatures. Yeah. So all sorts of things, all sorts of things come out. But one of the the main things that I use to actually keep people in their bodies through this work is I work with colors and beauty and um, color vibration and like a soul aligned wardrobe, all in we all do this together, all in service to having the woman see herself as an embodiment of the divine feminine. Because once she has seen herself as free from story and what should have been, what could have been, but as it like a real vibrational expression of that, Mm -hmm. the same way as the tree or the mountain or the river or the orchid or the tulip, she can see herself just as that vibration. We use the colors on the clothes. Then she's much more willing and able it's probably a better word to stay in her body mm. because she now has seen herself. So there's a safety. And when you can see in the mirror and you see like, oh, okay. So then she stays in her body more. And then we're doing that shame work from inside the body. Like she just feels safer now. She's herself. She sees the other women. She sees, oh my gosh, now I can see her as the embodiment of the the divine feminine and here I am and here she is. And then she looks around the room and there's like 40, 50 women and they're all unique expressions of the divine feminine. And then one by one, you know, saying whatever it is that needs to be said from, you know, like a, an executive standing up and saying, I had sex for money in my twenties to, you know, I gave birth to a child and left it at the fire station. I mean, all of it, you know, all of it, it all gets named and then where it gets healed is in that intimacy, is in that safety, the culture of safety that's been created, where it's just once everybody opens their mouth, I mean, gosh, you know, everybody's just a puddle. They're all in each other's arms. And, yeah. and we realize that, that it is just such a, um, it's a, it's just programming. You know, once we all name it, then it's like, oh, this is, this is actually a, a thing to control us. I, I didn't, I don't think I allowed myself to fully let myself feel how much I have missed gathering in space, physical space with women until just now when you just described that. Because that there is something truly magical that happens when women gather together in in all women's spaces to celebrate each other and to to do this really important work um of dissolving the programming i mean it is pure magic i have witnessed magic, it yeah i've witnessed it time and time again and it is it's amazing mm-hmm. um yeah i can't wait i hear you I know, yeah. <laughs> the same way Sometimes, you know, like we're, we're running a program now and we usually do two retreats. And so one of them is virtual and one we're, you know, waiting and knowing and praying that we get to be in person. But, you know, they tell me, well, what do you think? And it's like, well, sure. I know that because the, I do a lot of activation stuff. So I'm like, yeah, it's effective. Like you'll get this piece. Right. But then I'm like, well, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I was not heartbroken that we're not doing it in person. Of course I am. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, gosh, I feel like that's what I'm made for. Like yeah. that, like that's where I feel like the most on purpose. I can totally, I can feel it radiating from you. Like I can, I can see that. Um, and so I'm, I'm holding the vision for that for you and for all yeah. of us, all of us who do this work because yeah. it, 
it is so crucial to have these spaces where women gather together. I mean, we're yeah. unstoppable when, when we do. We really yeah, are. It happens. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I just, I'm, I'm basking in your, your isness, as my, my friend mm-hmm. Wow would say. <laughs> um, and, and just, receiving that right now and the medicine of that because I can I can like I said I can feel it and I'm just so grateful that you're in the world and and doing this work because we need it we need it so much and the the medicine of beauty um I think you really you described it so perfectly in in, in how how it serves to remind us who we are right mm, thank you sister yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I know this has been a, it's, it's been like a a river, this conversation. It hasn't necessarily had a a direct purpose or it's just, we're allowing it to flow and, and move the way it wants to flow. And I'm, I'm grateful for that too. And, um, and I also want to respect time. And so I just wanted to ask you if there's if there's anything that you want to make sure that our listeners hear or really receive that we haven't yet covered in this conversation today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something that is just so present for me and this, and this is exactly the edge that I'm working with in my life yet again, which I worked with before. And it is the medicine of the dark feminine. Mm-hmm. And it is. Oh yeah. Let's really, go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the space where rebirth happens, where birth happens and rebirth happens. And yet, like everybody wants, I, I, I've said this before, it's like everybody wants to be reborn, but nobody wants to die. Yes. You know? So it's yeah. like we are, we are and, and I know that you're feeling it because I know I'm feeling it. I know my people on my team are feeling it. Our clients are feeling it. My friends are feeling it. There is such a profound call for authenticity authenticity like authentic alignment Mm -hmm. to what is truly like in alignment with our values and the lives that we want to create and the lives that we want to live and and this is going to require that we're willing to let go of what doesn't work and letting go of what doesn't work requires a being willing to have a change in identity in who we have, like who we know ourselves to be may need to change in order to upgrade. That, that is just, uh, it's such a core piece. And then, uh, gosh, what was going to say is the other one. Um, one of it is the, the release. Oh, <laughs> moving through the fear moving through the fear that comes with letting go. You know, it's like, we look at it and it like, it doesn't work. And we know that we're called to upgrade it and make it more authentic. And yet it's almost like, well, the devil, you know, well, at least I know the broken system I'm dealing with. At least I know the broken marriage I'm in. At least I know this relationship and the pitfalls in this relationship, as opposed to, I don't know, meeting the, yeah. 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 And the fear, the fear that's kept us in, right. It's like, um, I have someone close to me who is completing her marriage right now mm-hmm. and, and she has uh, children and, you know, she, she was just saying like the, her, she's experiencing such profound liberation, but 
you would have never thought that these people would complete their marriage and they're, you know, uncoupling in a really beautiful way. However, you know, she got to really meet that place of my identity has been of someone who does not get divorced with children. Right. That that is like a it has been like a non-negotiable mm-hmm. and yet it has not been serving the children for years. And you know, I have relationships in my own life that um, more professional relationships. And I'm like, hmm, there is some fear at the root of what's kept me in this dynamic. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, what do I, what do I really want to align with? You know, what am I aligned with is not this consciousness It's not the consciousness of fear, like keeping me in, in something that's not totally aligned. And we're all dealing with it in different ways. So back to the dark feminine, <laughs> It's just really, um, she does like to take things apart. And I believe that she comes with a lot of grace and a lot of love and a lot of compassion. And it's much harder when we resist. I was going to say, she comes with all those things if you welcome her. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. When you welcome her, it's really, but that's the thing. She's so loving and comes with abundance of love and vitality and beauty when, when you say yes, when you begin yes. to feel the inclination. Yeah. And when you say no, I mean, she you're going to get back down. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, um, you know, I don't know if you had a chance. Did you watch my TEDx talk? I did not, no. Okay. Well, you would appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, try, I think I tried to, I was on my phone. I tried to push it. No way. It wouldn't go somehow. No worries. No worries. But the reason I mention it is because that was like, the, you know, what I talk about in there, uh, which is my journey of going from, you know, being uh, an Islamic sort of um, coming from the culture of Islam to choosing to being guided by the goddess to become a stripper and what that journey was. And wow. that that was 100% the dark feminine because, you know, I tell you, I was a feminist. I was, I'd already been on the path of personal development. I'd already gone to Naropa. Like I'd already done all of that. <laughs> I had already been on like my awakening growth path for eight years. So there was no part of me that wanted to become a stripper. My ego wanted to be a teacher. And so it was really just like, she just was like, no, this is what you're going to do because you have to embody it before you teach it. So go. Mm. And so um, I'm in another initiation with her again. And I confess that it feels scary. And I'm just so grateful, though, that I know that she delivers. So, well, let's be real. I think we're all in an initiation with her right now. Like to take it back to the collective level, like this is a grand initiation with the, with the dark feminine and there's, and there's so much resistance and it's making it a heck of a lot harder because we are terrified of death. Yes. it, it, it's ironic because in our terror and our fear of death, we have created a death culture. I mean, when yes. you were, when you were speaking earlier about the, you know, what, you're, what you were calling patriarchal energy and the, the energy that wants to dominate and control, that is the, that is the, the death energy when it's distorted, right? Mm-hmm. That when it's not, when it's not allowed, when we don't allow natural death to be expressed, that's the distortion of it. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. But there is a lot that needs to die right now. And I'm so glad you brought this forward because we cannot have the new thing that we're wanting if something else doesn't give way to make space for it. Mm-hmm. 
it cannot be it cannot be perpetual growth all the time forever and ever amen without death (laughs) i mean oh my goodness you know there's so much fertility in that in that death process Mm -hmm. and um i i so am right there with you with everything you're saying and then i just want to remind all of us like really like when we say yes it's not painful it's when we it's when we grip that it becomes painful because because uh you know the the caterpillar the caterpillar doesn't experience pain and becoming a butterfly it's not it's not a torturous process it's an evolutionary process so it's just this um gosh we all hang on so tight to like what we believe like the number should be in our bank accounts to what we believe our ideas of of wealth and safety and healthy relationship dynamics and and then these things are then like this beingness is who we take into the world is is the conscious the same consciousness that we relate to our peers with to our colleagues with to our clients with the same consciousness we take to the um the voting places it's it's the same consciousness like if you're afraid you're afraid yeah. if you're going to hang on to dear life from fear of dying then that that is the consciousness you're perpetuating and you're participating in that's right that's right whereas you know to take it back to the the sort of ritual that you were talking about that you do with these women it's like when when you when you know who you are you can hold you can hold nuance and you can hold yeah, this happened, this, you know, I had a baby and left it at the fire station happened and I can still be present and here and whole in who I am and love myself, even though, even though I have zero dollars in my bank account or negative dollars in my bank account, if I know who I am, it doesn't matter. I'm still worthy. Right. Yeah. It's this like, none of it is going to separate me from God. Right. You know, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can shame me for that is from my past or from my present that's going to suggest that I'm somehow separate from the divine. That's ultimately what we want because that's the place where permission opens up, where that wildness opens up, is when we stop, when, is when we stop giving it to, to the outside, that the outside can determine our, our, sacredness our wholeness our divinity that's that it's even up for debate that anybody could ever have anything to say about that yeah yeah and you know i'm i've done so much of this work in circles with women and even the title of today's episode is like probably there's not a lot of men who are going to tune into that maybe there will be but we need them to we desperately need them to, because um, this isn't going to work if it's only the women doing the work. The men, yeah. get, the men get to be free too, and they need to be. Yeah, it's already you know it's already um, it's already pretty imbalanced. You know, I hear from so many women yearning to be met deeply, yeah. and you know, not having a hard time finding that. And at the same time, I I know, I know of a lot of good men doing the work as well. Yeah. Had some of them on the show. (laughs) There's definitely, they definitely exist. And they do. And I just, I'm putting that, that prayer in the, in the basket here. Like they get to have this too. 
we all deserve this. This is our this is our birthright. We are all precious children of the Creator, and we get to have this. Yeah, yeah. We get to be alive. Yes, <laughs> alive. Mm-hmm. Fully, Anahita. I just I'm really appreciate you, and I'm, I've enjoyed you so much. Um, will you make sure our listeners know where to go to find out more about you and your work and yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like what I want to, what I want to share. So I think the best place to go really, um, are you able to share two links or I can say one and then we can share the other one because yeah, I feel sure. called to give something. Yeah. So, um, really anahitajun.com, which is a N A H I T A J O O N.com is the place where you can kind of learn about, um, the magic making <laughs> and, uh, learn about some of our programs. And, uh, that's just one piece, the beauty unleashed program you can read about there. And my TEDx talk is just on that page. If you want to, if you want to watch that, but I want to offer you, there is an embodiment practice that we have that is, uh, called the safety practice. And this practice, um, is designed to, basically give you a feeling of safety in your body while aligning your first energy center with your heart and with your throat Mm, in a way that you are able to take risk while bringing on all of the sensual and erotic energy online. So it's like a 20 minute embodiment practice. It's a pillar of one of our programs, but uh, people really love it. I mean, I have clients who tell me when I check in with them and I say, you know, what are your daily practices? They say, I still do the day, the safety practice, Mm. you know, said three, four years later. Um, So it's this practice of really creating safety in your body when you're wanting to uh, work your edges, whether it's dissolving shame, whether it's standing up, speaking truth, truth to power or having those edgier conversations or giving yourself permission to just, you know, go where you have not gone before and you want to feel safe in your body to do that, to have access to the intelligence of your body. This is a really powerful practice. I would love to just give you the link and um, it's free. So you can just grab it. Um, It's not on the website. So it's separate. We'll give you the link for that. And then the website is kind of to look around and see if you want to connect. Um, We're just would love to be connected with anyone. Beautiful. Well, yes, um, give us that link and we'll make sure it ends up on the show page on the website. Um, So those who are listening on a platform that's not our website, you can go to superpowerexperts.com or you can actually just go right to sex, love and superpowers all spelled out dot com and you can find the episode there and the, the link will be will be right there. Fantastic. Tatiana, thank you so much. Thank you for your beautiful energy and the work that you're doing in the world and continuing to record podcasts while (laughs) nursing baby and all those things. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. This show wouldn't wouldn't keep happening if, if you didn't keep showing up. So thank you for that. And Anahita, it's just, it's been such a joy. And, um, and again, to our listeners, if you haven't yet checked out uh, superpowerexperts.com, come and play with us. There are so many ways to play over there. We have some really exciting things rolling out in the world of podcasting and in our training world. Um, so come and check us out there. And, mm-hmm. of course, check out the other shows. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.